All right. Hey, Bill, how you doing? I am doing great. All righty. This is the Reptiles With podcast. Uh, we pretty much talk about everything from breeding. As you can see, I'm, I got the, the perfect backdrop, right? You got all, all the animals. You got a you. lot going on there. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we talk about everything from breeding to like reptile news related stuff and then like controversial topics. Um, I, I found I actually found you from the, the podcast you did with, with Justin, with Justin Kobilka. Oh yeah. 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 It was good. It was, it was definitely a good listen. Um, usually when it, it's, it's usually, it's weird because I'm myself very businessy. You know, I was the uh -huh. kid in school mm -hmm. that, you know, I was really into like trading Pokemon cards or like making some money off of Pokemon cards, getting that money, getting some more cards and just like, you know, nonstop. That's who, that's who I was. But in the, reptile hobby industry whatever people like to call it i always find it weird that people like have like a bad taste in their mouth for for like making money off of reptiles has that been has that been your experience also well yeah and i think we of course been in the same uh, community and there's this uh, there's this very strange dynamic where people think that you should do it you should do it for the love of the animals but then People extrapolate that and kind of uh, abuse that and say, okay, so you should be giving me things for free or for cheap because yeah. you're doing it for the love of the animals. I mean, uh, I love the animals too, but uh, I'm not going to pay. Uh, you are going to give up of your value for me because you love the animals. So there's a very strange uh, dynamic like that that yeah. has been in the industry. Yeah. And then something else that I noticed is that people think that because like you're a reptile breeder, you're like, oh, you're, you're like almost like the light of it is you're kind of like this bad guy that, you know, for, I mean, in my case, I work with blue tongues, ball pythons and some turtles mm -hmm. and tortoises. But when people see these racks, they're like, oh, my God, racks, you know, like you're you're mistreating the animal or something like that. And I feel like that kind of adds a little bit to that fire because they're like, oh, you're just trying to do everything minimal you know, but yeah, it, it definitely has been, it is a little bit of a weird topic, but that's kind of like what stuck out to me from your podcast. It's literally reptile entrepreneur, you know, yeah. and how, how do you, I mean, in your experience doing this podcast, have you, have you gotten a lot of like backlash about like, Oh, reptile entrepreneur or anything like that? Or do you find it that people are listening? No. And they're like, yeah. Because there's been so much of a pent up uh, frustration uh, okay. because of this idea. We have this, uh, this nice little saying that we use like a club. You're only doing this for the money. And yeah. that, that's meant to beat people up. Uh, and then it's a, such a ridiculous thing. Money is a very important part of everything that we do. There is a roof over our heads and that is with money. You cannot do that with good intentions and you cannot uh, put that roof over your head with exposure. It, it is, it requires money. The bank takes money. And so you, we as reptile hobbyists or anything that we spend our time doing, we either need to get compensated for that or else it's a hobby. And uh, if you, we are in the industry are going to be keeping people that are talented yeah. and are long-term then we need to compensate them for that so they can continue doing it. Yeah. Uh, if, I mean, just look at your time 
uh, you need to account for your time. You have things that, uh, things that you do that you enjoy, but there is um, a wide, a large amount of hours of your week that have to be spent uh, supporting that roof over your head. Of course, yeah. And we in the uh, community need to, uh, need to decide, do we want you to be able to work on your reptiles full time so that when we want to have a pet snake, skink, chameleon, whatever, we are getting the absolute top quality animal. Well, that takes somebody who's dedicated to it for years. Yeah. And if they're doing that full time, they get that much better and they stay in the industry. Yeah. Uh, and I think we need to realize that if these people, these incredible breeders don't get paid enough to justify the time they're spending to do it, they're not going to do it anymore. Yeah. And we lose that. Yeah. And, and I find that also on the, uh, I, I like the, what, what you said right there with the incredible breeders. And I feel like a lot of the people that, that they don't want to spend like the money in um, it, it, on these, these animals, you know, they're like, Oh, it's, it's weird. You know, if they, and they won't go to the breeder because like, Oh, that's the big breeder. But then they'll go to like the smaller guy and expect like, a quick buck, like, oh, let's make a, a, you're not this guy with the big name. So I'm just, you know, I'm going to lowball you. So it's, it's almost like a, like a little bit of a, of a double edged sword with, with uh, this doing business off of reptiles. But for me, it's, it was weird. So I wasn't, I don't know about you. How, how did, how did you get started with, with reptiles? Oh, I, Typical story about being young and just loving dinosaurs yeah. and getting in with once I the chameleons are my thing. And uh, once I uh, was exposed to a chameleon, th yeah. that was it. And that was Got over you. 40 years ago. And I'm just big on chameleons. Yeah. Uh, so that's how I got started. For me, I was not that kid. I was not. It, I was. I didn't want to get dirty. I didn't. My dad bred birds. And like that was like, oh, I love animals because my dad breeds birds. Um, and then when I got out of high school for some reason i just had the thought of i, I kind of want a turtle somebody gave me a mm -hmm. turtle and then that's when it you know it was over with um but before doing this i was doing music and in music even though i was touring and i was doing like what you know what all the when you're a kid you're like oh, i want to be a rock star that whole thing when i was doing it i wasn't making any money you know and then the first year that i bred some sulcata tortoises and I, I made more money in that first year than I did in music the whole time that I was doing it. So that for me, I was like, I think this is a little bit, a little bit more legitimate, you know, like I can, I can do this and I'm doing it with animals that I'm growing to love and stuff like that. And then, you know, eventually it, it becomes everything else, you know? And, and there's your economics right there. Yeah. Music wasn't, it wasn't paying for the roof over your head. Yeah. So the music community lost you exactly. and the reptile community gained and so if we want to keep the reptile people, we need to put our money where our mouth is. Of course. Now, I will say <clears throat> something that's very encouraging is that that dynamic is changing. I, okay. I know we grew up in the, uh, the, the reptile, uh, the general idea that, hey, you should do this for the love of it. And uh, I'm going to uh, price gal, uh, uh, compare prices and uh, put breeder against each other until I get the lowest price, but we are, we are starting a new tier of reptile awareness of yep. quality and not just price, but quality. And especially when COVID hit, this was a huge dynamic that people said, 
I want the best. And this is like permeating through the industry where we're, uh, there's, uh, people are now treating reptiles as things of beauty and things to respect yep. instead of just a throwaway toy that it used to be. And, and I know we're all used to it. In fact, our, our big brand, uh, big box pet stores, Petco, PetSmart, they are used to it and they have continued to uh, keep this idea going because yeah. they just offer the cheapest stuff. But even that is changing. And uh, PetSmart is now carrying Arcadia UVB lighting, which is a high-end UVB yeah. light. They're not discounting it. And so they're starting to learn that people are willing to pay the price to get good quality stuff. So it, it's the most promising trend that I've seen in a long time. Yeah. And I've, I've seen a lot of Arcadia stuff recently. So um, yeah. As far as my day job goes, I work for a company called Imperial Reptiles. Um, it's oh. a reptile shop here in Orlando. And th that's something that we get a lot in the shop. People are looking for Arcadia products. I actually, it's like, <laughs> I, I, I'm assuming they're like a newer brand, right? Uh, they're a, yeah, they're, they've been around for a while. They come from the uh -huh. UK. And gotcha. so coming over here is a little bit slower, uh, gotcha. but they're, they're more concerned with the quality of the UVB okay. experience. Uh, I know bef uh, we've generally had ZoomEd here and the ZoomEd UVB lamps are of high quality, Yeah, but their fixtures, uh, I, 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 I'm not gonna, I, I don't work for ZoomEd. I don't yeah. know what's going on inside that company, but I will say it appears as though they have uh, put price as more important than anything else understood and i've looked at some of the i mean for chameleon wise uh it's like the chameleon kit it's obvious that nobody who cares about chameleons put that together it was a marketing uh team that put together just a bunch of stuff that didn't go together and they said okay you need something cheap for the go, there's your cheap thing. yeah and it's just so damaging to the chameleon community because it's not a good product for chameleons. Yeah. Uh, and so it's that mentality that we're trying to crawl out of and, yeah. and we are. And yeah. I, I tell you, I, I also have a caging company, Dragon Strand Chameleon Caging Company okay. that I started back in 2013. And this was the first time that there was a, a products made specifically for chameleons and not just the cheap screen cages. In fact, people are saying, what? Why would, would anybody spend money for a chameleon cage? Well, let me tell you, people weren't spending money for chameleon cages because they weren't available. Once they were starting to be available and say, okay, you can do better for your chameleon, people fell all over themselves to do that. Yeah. And now, now there's even uh, caging companies uh, higher end than me that are doing very well because people now see reptiles as being this, this quality experience and they want to experience it to its fullest. Yeah, definitely. Uh, what, what kind of uh, chameleons are you working with? Oh boy. Um, <laughs> lots. Uh, <laughs> That's what I like to hear. Veiled <laughs> Panther, two, two types of Jacksons, you got okay. Parsons. Bridipodian. Nice. Um, I, I got a lot of <laughs> chameleons, yeah. different species. Yeah, there's, um, so I, I'm in Florida and we get a lot here, you know, people farm 
chameleons here like outdoors. Yeah. So what they're doing is, you know, it's, it's super unfortunate, you know, for the whole invasive conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a yeah, buddy that's that, not doing us any favors. Yeah. At all. Um, and I have a buddy that's really into uh, conver- uh, conservation and he'll go out and he'll catch invasive, invasive animals and stuff like that. And he always tells me, he's like, like the other day he went out and in one like stretch of trees, they caught like, I think it was like 30 veiled chameleons, you know, and it's, it's unfortunate, you know? Yeah. That, that really hurts us as a community Yeah, and the, the and you're not going to be able to tell them not to do it as long as people buy those. Yeah. And so uh, our, our best message that we can get across is don't buy those wild cots don't make that profitable be, uh, and and really there's reasons not to yeah there's panther chameleons but you don't know what locale they are if you go to a breeder you know that that uh, which locale you're getting you know that, that the health of the animal you're getting and it's been raised in captivity so yeah. that's what it knows uh and just when you buy these wild cots you're uh, you're in you're encouraging people to farm, move them to yeah. other places so they can breed and then they go and they, they harvest them. But that is devastating to our, uh, yeah. con- our, 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 uh, our, our wildlife. And it's devastating to us as a hobby because yeah. that's used to show how irresponsible the reptile people are. Everybody is, and it just yeah. ruins it for all of us. Yeah, definitely. Um, it, it, it is unfortunate. It's, you know, it, it, it's scary, especially here. I, I always uh, tell a story when I was when I was getting into turtles. I found some guy on Craigslist that he was selling some uh, really dark red eared sliders. And I'm like, I need that. I, you know, so I, I sent him a message. I went to his house. Um, you can kind of tell that this guy was just like up to no good. Like it just was a weird situation. And I saw him grab a, a crate. And then flip it. And then a whole bunch of lizards run out. He's like, oh, I didn't need those anymore. I'm like, are you serious, man? Like, first off, you don't even know me. You know, it's, uh-huh. mm-hmm. it's, you know, it's some people just don't have the right mind. They, you know, I, I've heard, and I don't know if it's a, a lack of an education thing or like an education for the animals and the environment, or if it's just people just up to no good, you know, oh, the big question is, what are we going to do about it? Yeah. What are you and I going to do about it? Us who are trying to uh, protect our our hobby. I mean, we've yeah. got these Lasiak amendments and, and we got everybody trying to regulate us. And the things they say aren't all wrong. Yeah. And so that's the problem. And if we don't fix the problems that we've got somebody else is going to fix them for us and they're not going to do it in a way that we like. Yeah. Uh, but there's the big question. What do we do? How yeah. do we regulate that? Um, so I actually just did a, a podcast with two of my friends, Chuck and Tino, and they, they both brought up like a good, like so, something that, that, that they thought about. And I was like, that kind of sounds like the right idea, you know, where, you know, how uh, dogs have like, the, I think it's like an AKC, like, yep, like yep. thing where like, you want to be like the breeder with the AKC stuff. And since you're working with chameleons, I know there's like certain localities and stuff like that. The skinks are a similar way, the Northerns where people want to know the lineage and stuff like that. And do you think something like that for the reptile hobby would work where it's like, oh, we have like a, 
reptilian certificate like this is our thing that like we're held to a certain standard and you know like if somebody wants to complain or if we get enough like red flags then they'll take away our certificate but you know you're buying from a reptile certified breeder kind of thing i think that i like that idea and i think that will work to establish that we in the community can be trusted and they can work with us at least there's some governing body that uh, a, a government agency, the Fish and Wildlife, can come to and say, we have this problem, what are you going to do about it? It leads some sort of legitimacy to us instead of us being just a ragtag uh, a bunch of people. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but until it becomes a law, there's nothing we can do about people not caring about papers. Yeah. And that's, that's where it starts to... I, I think having a system like that could protect the breeders in case of uh, a legislation that comes in. Yeah. So legislation would come in that just bans a bunch of things, but it can have the exception that people with this certification. Yeah. Uh, maybe that is a benefit, that it's an easy way, it's an easy compromise that can be put in. Yeah. Um, so the, the, the way that my friend Chuck had put it, he said that apparently... Um, there's like an, an organization for hunting or something like that, so, something of the sort. And like, you have to, to be able to like hunt in certain areas or, or to hunt, you have to pay for it. And then the money that they use is for conservation. So when the government comes and they're like, Oh, like we're not for your hunting, they can't really give them an argument because they were like, well, the money that we're getting, we're giving it to conservation, you know? So he's like, so maybe it's like that where, you know, we get the money gets sent to our, certified you know facility our certified thing and then that money gets sent to conversation so uh to come to conservation sorry uh yeah, to yeah. and in a sense it protects us you know i think it's a great idea now, who's it's gonna a do great it? idea and it shows that we are stepping up and doing yeah. something so and i think there's momentum and a number of people are seeing that we need something like that so uh i i would definitely uh be part of a group that would put together something yeah. like that. Yeah, definitely. I, I think like the closest thing that we have to something that's similar is like the whole thing where I think it was like last year, there was a whole movement of breeders saying, hey, like you shouldn't buy animals from somebody who's not a USARC member, you know, where, you know, it shows that the, the breeder themselves supports USARC in any kind of like facet that they can afford, you know. Um, so I think it's like a similar thing, but it would be like just an organiza organization to like better protect us. Um, yeah. And then on the, on the chameleons, is there, how, back to the, the, to the businessy stuff, is there like a marketplace that you think is best for your, like, where, where do you sell your chameleons? Because ball pythons, for the most part, it's like a morph market. Morph market is like the ball python thing. And then now they have all these other animals. But in my, from what I see on morph market, it, it usually is more like ball python centric. Where do you, where do you think is the best place for someone like you that does chameleons to sell their, to sell their animals? Well, I actually don't sell chameleons. I, oh, I do breeding. I am more on the, I sell chameleon cages. Ah, uh, but okay. as far as chameleons, I, I work in the education of chameleons. Oh, fun. Uh, I have cool. The Chameleon Academy podcast and video channel. I'm in my seventh season. And so I'm really in the education 
of chameleons. Now, to do that, I will demonstrate how to breed and how to raise babies and all of that. So I will have clutches and uh, I experiment with uh, different levels of UVB uh, on babies and have these side-by-side -side experiments. So I do breeding and so occasionally I will sell, but uh, in the chameleon world, it's more of uh, you, you just gotta know who to go to and there's websites. Okay. So we have to do websites, our, our own websites. Uh, and it, um, you can find some classifieds like on chameleonforums.com is a good okay. place to go. Uh, but we were really hit hard by the Facebook just slamming down and, yeah. and shutting down pages. And so uh, what we did after that is just retreat back to the websites. And at this point, it's very easy to find uh, breeders with the websites. And so we really haven't uh, had to go off and find uh, other classifieds or uh, yeah. outlets. Yeah. So, you, so you, all you have to do is don't, uh, get into the chameleon community and you will be able to find uh, gotcha. the chameleons you're looking for. Cool. Cool. Yeah. And the reason why I was bringing it up is that uh, I wanted to get into a little bit of what morph market is in like it's comparison to like the bigger picture, like the, the real world, the world that's not reptiles, right? Where it's kind of like the Amazon, right? And I felt that, and then you, that, that, that you do business, I feel that people put all of their eggs in that basket, you know? And I build, so I, I design rep websites for other people. And something that I really pushed to some of the reptile websites that I've made is, hey, like, you know, like you can should not just have your morph market like you you're you're putting all your eggs in this basket where you Ooh, have yes. all of your competition. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, uh -huh. you know, big pond kind of thing. So how are you going to stand out from everybody? You know, like so for me, it's like you, you're going to find me on, on morph market. You can click my website and you can do a couple of things there. You can purchase directly. You can uh, find out a little bit more about my business and get hit with all of the, you know, branding and stuff like that. Any kind of upsells, you know, betting, whatever. Um, and, you know, you, you, you develop another form of trust. You know, it's not just somebody that you found on Morph Market. It's like, oh, this is like a legitimate, a legitimate person. Um, and you, so you, you were saying that I think in one of your podcasts that you have your own website where, uh, that you do blogs and stuff like that. So are, are you for like the website thing to stand out, you know, against, you, you know, the, the other people? Oh, the absolutely. Uh, I think everybody who is serious in business needs to have a website. And the, the reason is, is because it's the one thing you own yeah. when we, we become so, so addicted to the easy platforms of yeah. Facebook, of Etsy, of Amazon, and and they just provide it all for you. And all you do is show up, do an account, and you're selling things. And it's great and it's easy, but it's not yours. And as people are finding out, your your Facebook page just disappears. We have yeah. people on Am on Instagram. All of a sudden, their Instagram page disappears. And th these social medias do not do not have any uh, loyalty to you. And there, it's very difficult to figure out any way to contact anybody and say, what happened? They don't yeah. even tell you why they took you down. So uh, it, it's a very precarious place. Morph markets a little bit easier because they are designed for the reptile people. Yeah. And so you're not going to get some animal rights person coming onto the board of directors and saying, okay, now we're going to cause trouble. Uh, but 
know, people on Amazon, they're finding that Amazon sometimes copies their stuff and then yeah. they get pushed out. And so uh, if you are being given a platform for free, you are the product. Yeah. And you can stay there as long as you benefit them, but it's not you that they care about. So uh, that's why I encourage people to eventually end up with a website. Uh, maybe not start off with a website because it is a, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of, yeah. it may not be that hard to do, especially if you start off with a Wix or something like that. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. There's so much you've got to keep track of and there's things that break down and then you got to spend a day figuring out what went wrong. And so it is a lot of work. So like right now I'm going through a, in 2022, a process of leading my listeners through the process of putting together a digital footprint. And we're starting off with an Instagram account and uh, we're going to go into creating a logo and then creating uh, one of these uh, print on demand. So, Oh, yeah. Hey, I got a little bit of money. Like and then we're going to go into yeah. the, uh, the YouTube and podcast. And then the final quarter of 2022, we're going to be talking about a website. So, uh, you don't have to start off with a website, but in the end, your website, your email list, and your podcast are the three things you own. Yeah, Everything yeah. else, you're on somebody else's platform and you're at their whim for your business. Yeah, definitely. And th that's really cool. That's something that I did notice about the, uh, I, I was listening to a couple of the episodes for, for the Instagram stuff and you really make it. Sorry, my wife just got here. She, she just walked by the window. Hello, wife. <laughs> uh, yeah, so it, you really made it easy to understand. Um, and so, something that I wanted to ask you from my experience, and okay. this is my business consultation right now. You got it. Uh, yeah, so my Instagram, I've been doing it. I mean, I've had it from when I, I just started, you know, and more recently, Am I taking it to like where I'm like really trying to push myself beyond the boundaries of just like testing like, oh, maybe I just post this or whatever and, and making it less like I'm trying to sell somebody something and more like come along the journey with me kind of thing. The problem is, is I've had my Instagram for so long. I don't feel that Instagram pushes me. And then now um, I'm a lot more active with reels, but yeah. I'm noticing that I'm getting a lot of traffic from like overseas. It's, it's been really okay. weird. So I don't know from somebody, I mean, you, you've made it, you know, very understandable for somebody that's starting their Instagram, but what about somebody that already has their Instagram and they're trying to now establish it? Well, it sounds like you could be considering yourself just starting over. Okay. If you would just want to start. Uh, it depends. See, well, how many followers uh, do you have? I think I, ha I almost have 1400. It's not that many. Okay. All right. And how long has your account been on? Over five years, over okay. five years. Man. And then when you post, how many, how much engagement do you get as in the likes, the, the follows and the, or the not, likes, the follows? Not a lot. It, it actually, what I noticed is that it comes, my likes come a lot more from people that I know more than it is an audience. So what very well could be happening. And of course, I'm just doing this right off the top of my head. I yeah, have to look yeah. at your account. Yeah. But from what you tell me, what could be happening is that those, many of those 1400 are just uh, inactive accounts. And if they've been around for a long time 
And this is what happens. People come on, they follow a bunch of uh, accounts, and then they they get distracted, they go off, they go to TikTok, they do something else. And so a lot of these accounts that we have are inactive, which uh-huh. is why we need to continually being, uh, be on the platform and be active is because uh, we need to bring on new followers. And though those are active people. And this, this shouldn't be confused with uh, chasing followers and saying, oh, that, that follower number is all uh, so the ultimate thing because it's yeah. not. You want the right followers. But uh, all of those followers that you already have that have been around for years and years, if they're not engaging with your material, they may not be on Instagram anymore. It may be a dead account. Gotcha. Uh, and, and so it's just the normal attrition. It's not yeah. like anything you did. It's just it's yeah. somebody who joined five years ago, maybe not be on the account anymore. Yeah. Do you think that, what, what would you think? Because I know that there's a couple of, of people that are in like a similar situation where their Instagram was just something that they showed off their animals. And then now they're trying to do the business thing, et cetera. Um, but what do you think? Do you think it would be easier to start a new Instagram or do you think it would be best to evaluate what you have going on and try to fix it? At this point, I think it's the same either way. Okay. Because let's just assume that those 1,400 people are inactive accounts. And so you've got 10 people that are your friends that are just hanging out with you on Instagram. Uh, If you, whether you're starting a new account or just taking this one and keep uh, continuing on with it, uh, you figure out what it is you want to do, and then you do it consistently. And this is the wonderful thing about social media is you can do your thing and of the one and a half billion people that are on Instagram, they will. There are a number of people on there who will uh, vibe with what you are doing, and then you just need to reach out to them. Yeah. So you figure out what you want to do, you figure out who would be interested in that, and then you uh, create your hashtags that will go out and find those people, and you build it, and they will come. It's that. Nice. Uh, so really don't worry about how many people are following you or such right now. If you are starting off, anybody starting off, I say, figure out what you want. What is this going to do for you? And what benefit are you providing the people who are going to follow you? Yeah. When you are clear as to the benefit that you are providing and what you want to get out of it, because there's got to be a reason that you're doing this. Uh, if you're just doing it for because you're having fun, then don't worry, then to just have fun and don't yeah. worry about it. But if you're having people, do you want people who want to uh, to uh, buy a reptile from you? Uh, do you want people to start listening to uh, this this podcast? And so this builds up your persona in the industry that can lead to other things. Uh, once you're clear as to what you need to get out of it, then you can figure out, what do these people want? What is my ideal customer? What do they want? And what will they come and stay for? Yeah. You provide that and then just start providing that. Yeah. So when these people come to your account, when you're successfully, you're successful in your outreach with your hashtags and they come to your profile, on your profile, you're making a promise that you are going to provide them with this kind of experience. Say it's a blue tongue skink of the day. I'm going to give you a blue tongue skink photo reel or something a day 
and come here and enjoy. And so the people who want to see that every day, they'll say, yeah, sure, I'm going to follow this. And then you provide it. You just gotcha. fulfill your promise yeah. and you will build a, a following of people who love blue tongue skinks. Hell yeah, man. Uh, do you think uh, something else is, so I run, I don't have like a separate podcast account. I just do it off of my reptile business. Should I separate the two? It depends on why you have this podcast. What okay. is this doing for you? Okay. And so it, it, you got to be clear. Is this podcast an arm of your business? Is this podcast a separate entity? And how do you expect if they're not connected, then have a separate Instagram account? Understood. Understood. And, and I'll go ahead and give you a real life example. Me. Uh, I have the Dragon Strand Chameleon Caging Company. And I was going to have the Dragon Strand podcast that I would have all about chameleons. And I decided I wanted them to be separate. Okay. And so I started, well, when I started, it was Chameleon Breeder podcast. Now I've changed it to a Chameleon Academy podcast to go with my website. Okay. Uh, and so Dragon, I talk about Dragon Strand. Uh, I would say, hey, it's sponsored by Dragon Strand, which it was because I was using that money to pay for it. But yeah, <laughs> uh, it, I, I, it wasn't a Dragon Strand themed podcast. It was just chameleons. Yeah. And so I would talk about chameleons and that was my passion. And the way it worked out is that people appreciated what I did with chameleons so much with the podcast when they found out that I had a chameleon caging company, they went and they uh, bought cages. And I, this isn't something that I'd put in any MBA uh, program as to how to market, because this is a, this was a huge risk on my part that to trust that what I'm doing here in the chameleon Academy is going to somehow translate into cage sales, which is going to support me. Uh, and I'm not directly marketing. I was yeah. not, you know, you look the last couple of years, I hardly ever say mention Dragon Strand at all, if it in at all. And so it's kind of like the, in fact, I talk about how to work with other cages. The first build guide on my chameleonacademy.com was for a exoterra cage. And so here I am actively telling people how to work with other manufacturers' cages. Yeah. Uh, it's like the Miracle on 34th Street uh, uh, approach to where the Santa Claus tells you the other stores to go to that have cheaper, cheaper prices. Yeah. And it just kind of works out. And so uh, that is a way that you could have separate entities and you would still be taken care of. Got you. Understood. Do you sell your your products to stores, or you just sell them yourself? No, no, just yourself. Uh, it's a it's a craft business. It's uh, a very small group of guys that manufactured this for me. Uh, I don't make the cages myself. Uh, it's okay. it's a couple of guys who have been making cages for 15, 20 years, and uh, they they used to have they used to make cages for a lot of people, and it just everything happened in the world to where now I'm their only 
the person they make cages for. I mean, they could make cages for anybody they want to. We're two separate companies. Gotcha. Uh, but yeah, they, they take care of that. And I'm sorry, what was your question? Uh, I was asking if, if you if you sell them to, to stores also. Oh, okay. Like if you have Oh, yes, stores. yes. And the thing is, uh, the the ability to manufacture when they're doing it by hand, yeah. it we it is uh, it's the all I can do to keep up with the demand. Of course, yeah, that yeah. I get direct. I, I would love to sell to stores. I would love to sell, uh, uh, do affiliate programs. I would love to uh, sell through. <laughs> uh, I love to sell through Josh's Frogs, but no, can't. I don't have enough. I can't Got produce you. enough, and so. Uh, it's just the limitation of manufacturing because I have it handmade here in the United States. Understood. Understood. So Instagram versus TikTok. What do you prefer? Okay. I prefer Instagram. Okay. But TikTok is stepping up to the plate. Uh, TikTok is obviously the, the huge thing and you can get huge numbers yeah. on TikTok. And uh, of those people, yeah, those, those people will be customers. But we are still in a place where a follow on Instagram is worth more than a follow on TikTok. Okay. Uh, and that's just because of the type of person that's on Instagram is a little bit more serious than the type of person on TikTok. And, and this is number, fully my opinion. Okay. Uh, the Instagram came from a more serious artistic background uh, where it was more planned okay we, it was a a photo sharing app for serious photographers yeah and yes influencers came on and said hey this is what i'm eating but it was uh there was a lot more going into creating these things uh and it was meant to be appreciated at a deeper level tiktok with reels is essentially crack candy for the brain yeah you sit there and you just check out and you just, oh, I love that. I love that. And it's just, uh, there's no depth to it. Yeah. Uh, you know, let me be clear. It's in a complete art form to create a 60 sec 15 second video, 60 second video, the way they do it. I mean, this is an incredible uh, uh, art form that is going on there. So I'm not going to discourage, uh, disparage it at all, but when we're talking about from a business standpoint, uh, right now we're going through a stage of trying to figure out how we can change that uh, addictive uh, dopamine, yeah, dopamine scroll yeah. and turn it into a solid marketing effort. Correct. Uh, Instagram already has that. So right now I, I focus on Instagram. Yeah. That said, TikTok and Instagram are locked into this death struggle <laughs> yeah. where Instagram is trying to be more like TikTok and TikTok is knows that they have to be more like Instagram. Yeah. yeah. So I, I'm thinking in a couple of years, they're going to be more similar than not. Uh, and you can see TikTok is trying to add on more substantial marketing uh, uh, features. And so uh, I think I think TikTok is a great place to start now and uh, and establish yeah. uh, a foothold because it will become a very powerful marketing platform. Yeah, I, I agree with there that. And it will. 
I agree with that. If we were looking at it in terms of a funnel, I would say that that's like your starting point. It's a good place to be like, hey, like this is what I do. And then you get them to the, like, the more serious platform, which is your Instagram, which shows a little bit more of you. You know, it's just a really good place to, for a bunch of people to see you and what you do. You know, I mean, yeah, yeah. I use TikTok all the time. I These days, I can't even go to sleep without like spending at least 15 minutes mm-hmm. on TikTok. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and and even when I follow people, I don't even, I never even check the, my following section. It's always the, for the, for you page. It's always like, whatever's, you know, whatever TikTok mm-hmm. is throwing at me, which is why it's like a great platform because it's not even so much of who you follow, but the kind of content that you'd like that it wants to throw to you. Because me on yeah. Instagram, when it, when I play the C, the, the role of a consumer, I honestly never really go through the explore page. I just look at the people that I'm following, you know, on mm-hmm. TikTok, it's, the complete opposite yeah yeah and uh thing is tiktok in its present incarnation these things are always in motion because uh like i said they are in a tiktok has all of a sudden found itself at the table with the big boys and the big boys are saying we don't like you but uh you know they're all kicking Facebook, uh, he, he gets to sit at the end of the table at the corner. No one's talking to him yeah. anymore. Um, so it's Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube yep. that are there. And YouTube's kind of quiet doing its own thing while TikTok and Instagram are going at it. Yeah. Uh, but it's, yeah, Instagram is where you can, mm, it's a lot easier to be serious and not entertaining on Instagram, gotcha. TikTok, there's a this high, uh, high pressure to be entertaining. Yeah. You got to get it in a couple seconds. That is changing as well. People are starting to find they can educate without entertaining. Uh, you'll you'll do a whole lot better if you are dancing to the Excel equations that you are presenting <laughs> of the Excel girl. Oh my goodness, I can't believe she started in uh, uh, June of 2020 and now she's making millions of dollars. Uh, teaching Excel uh, because she was dancing to Excel equations on TikTok. And so it's hilarious. Uh, it's, it's just amazing what you can do when you can entertain yep. with education. Yep. Uh, but they are, they are going, we are figuring out how to do inter, uh, education with those of us who can't entertain. I can't dance, I can't sing, lip syncing. I, I haven't figured out how to do transition. Uh, no, still me. <laughs> so <laughs> that's great. So uh, I have no idea how to do that, and it's it's a huge skill to be yeah. able to do these that most people don't have. Yeah. And so for those people, it's still Instagram is a place where you can really do well. Yeah, I always find it uh, funny when uh, when some people complain like, oh, my God, these kids are making so much money off of TikTok. How could they do that? And I'm over here just like, I respect it. They, they figured it out. They did. Yeah, it. yeah. that's that's the new the new horizons. Uh, yep. How come we're over here and not over there? Exactly. You know, I'm not trying to dance. We don't on TikTok. I'm not doing it. <laughs> uh, we, but the thing is, we got to figure out some way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Of, of making uh of staying staying relevant Definitely. Uh, and that's the thing all of us if we don't want to slowly die we need to figure out tiktok yeah we 
and we can't hide on Instagram because Instagram's trying to be TikTok. Yeah, yeah. And then these days it's it's even hard. Like, I mean, so a little while ago, the 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 shop that I worked for, we posted on um uh, on Instagram uh, a reel that went viral of uh we were feeding crickets to a a baby uh melanistic lacerta. And the whole community of people came after us. And we're calling them like insect activists. They were like, how could you feed that cricket live like that? And the lizards being so rough. And they took out the account. They took out the account. And Whoa. luckily, yeah, within 20, it was, it was it was so strange. It went viral. The next day was the five-year anniversary of the account. They just hit 10,000 followers. And then, boom, the account was gone. <laughs> it was crazy. But luckily, we were able to get it back and everything. But Wait, was this a TikTok or Instagram? It was an Instagram. It was a real on Instagram. Wow. Yeah. yeah. On, yeah. Tic- on See, TikTok, is... I feel like nobody even cares. It's just whatever goes. Yeah, it's uh, it's kind of strange. On TikTok, the um the people in charge of TikTok are a lot less uh caring about all of the uh, the sensitivities that we have in the United States, whereas Instagram, Facebook, Meta. Uh, seem to be embroiled in that a lot more. Yeah, definitely. And, and it just goes to show you, it, it just, it's very, uh, very risky to uh, depend on these platforms, especially sure. if you're in the reptile world. Yeah. And you get people who, who report you and then your account is taken down. Yeah. And you are guilty somebody you're guilty until you can find somebody to prove yourself innocent yep it's very dangerous definitely especially if you know you're running a big business and a a lot of your views and a lot of traction you get is off of that you know that platform you know yeah which is why it's important to set your digital footprint with you got your website you know you do it properly you do seo you do the whole thing you set yourself up right just in case if one of the the facets falls down you know yeah and and absolutely do not i am not saying it's easy uh i had i mean websites are not easy to maintain put together or maintain email list I mean, I have tried to start an email list for years and years, and it's just been the hardest thing for me to do. It's like another social media out, outlet, yep. and I'm already trying so hard to keep up with my Instagram and my YouTube and such. Yeah. And, uh, you know, my podcast, I'm keeping up with that. So I've got that, but it, it's not easy at all. And, and me sitting here, the reptile entrepreneur, telling you what is best for you that is what's best for you. It doesn't mean that I am able to achieve all of it. Yeah. I yeah. mean, it just means I know where I'm falling, uh, falling short. Yeah. I have a, it's funny that you say that I have a buddy of mine that, so I, I've, I've like, I, like I've said, you know, like I'm really into to business and stuff like that and social media also. Um, and I was giving him tips about how to grow his Instagram. And even though he has more followers than me and his response to me was, Oh, but, I have more followers than you. Why am I going to take advice from you? And I'm like, well, I, I mean, I have the knowledge. My my issue is the confidence and time, you know, to yeah. do these things. That doesn't mean I don't have the knowledge, you know. Yeah, the time. It's it's amazing. You have a certain amount of uh, amount of uh, time in a day. You have to decide what to spend that on. Yep. 
And I mean, if you give me 72 hours in a day, oh my goodness, you're going to see a whole lot better on Instagram and my email list and my website, but yes. I only have 24. So I got to yes. decide where it goes. Sometimes I wish, sometimes I wish there, there was more time. I mean, th these days, like it, it gets to two or two, almost three o'clock in the morning. And I have to tell myself, Hey, I think you need to go to sleep. You know, it's, it just yeah. becomes that, you know, but yeah, this yeah. was, this was, this was great. This was a great conversation. Yeah. 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 And, uh, yeah. And I just want to tell everybody out there, if you are overwhelmed by all of the options and the pressure to be on uh, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, Twitter, have a website, have an email list, a podcast, all that. You can't do it all. Just pick what you want to excel at the minimum. Just pick a couple of those what you can handle. Don't worry about everything else. You, you can't. Yeah. And it, it is a lot of pressure. And what, what you'll find is that as you're growing your thing, eventually certain pieces of the puzzle will be put together. You'll end up maybe even one day with a team that will be working on certain things, you know, um, for, for example, the, the job that I do, um, you know, they, they are, were a, a growing reptile shop in Miami. They were opening a store in Orlando. It all moved to Orlando. They needed one person to focus on the e-commerce, and that was me. Now they're they're growing. They needed one person to focus on social media. That's my friend Chuck. You know, and, and little by little, like, pieces of the puzzle will get put together, but I do think it's important to, like, like focus on the thing. Focus on the thing, yep. you know, and try not to overcomplicate yourself because, you know, you – if you do, if you try to jump into everything, it's very easy to fall. Yeah. You're not going to be able to do any of it. Well, yeah, definitely. Yeah. For sure. For sure. Well, this was great. I, I, I really enjoyed talking to you. Yeah. This is a great conversation. Yeah. So, for sure, uh, for sure. All right, then. Yeah. Tag Goodbye yourself. everybody. It's very good seeing you <laughs> for sure. Tag yourself. Tell, tell everybody where they can find you. All right. Sounds good. Oh, uh, you can find me at uh, Reptile Entrepreneur, all one word on Instagram uh, or reptileentrepreneur.com. And yes, I know everybody's got to look up that word. I had to look up entrepreneur to figure out how to spell that myself. Yep. Uh, if you're interested in chameleons, it's chameleon underscore academy on Instagram. Or just look for a Chameleon Academy podcast on any podcasting app and uh, our Reptile Entrepreneur podcast. I do a lot, apparently. So, and that's where you can find me. All righty. Thank you so much, man. All right. For sure. See you, Yoshi.